Okay, so the opening bit we had, and and you might be yes, Jim. Typing. Oh dear. Then we should probably record in a different room because you're typing pretty hard. <sighs> but I'm sitting here. Okay, so here's as as lightly as I can type. Yeah, no, that that keyboard is some serious business. There's no way. Okay, we're gonna have to go into this. But like the the dishwasher is running in the kitchen, so where are we supposed to record? I think it's better to have the typing than the dishwasher noise. To be fair, I think that's it's true. It's true. I mean, I can probably noise gate some of it out. Yeah, it's it's, and I think at this point it's like, listen, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh my God! Is this the lake? Are these my children? Are these my boys? Ow! Fuck! Are these my boys? <laughs> some people have like my boys, and I'm saying that because I'm talking. Yeah, it's happening right now. Yeah, like just very quiet background music. I mean, yeah, most those. people. I mean, sh- I mean, true. honestly, given what our audio usually is, you typing in the background probably won't be that big a deal. But we are trying to. I mean, here's the thing: sometimes we have bad audio, and then we have the audio. We have never had audio that bad before no. in our lives. And and I say that we have never had audio that bad before in our lives because, as you guys uh, know from the last podcast, we also had to re-record uh, that one. Yeah, it's been so, it's been. If anyone if anyone has any advice about like recording software, something that isn't us like on the mercy of Skype and or Discord, please let us yeah, know. Yeah, no, we're, we're dying. Gonna, we we have really we really screwed the pooch on that one, folks. And thankfully, Ari and I hang out enough that we can usually do sort of a recording over the weekend. You'll be okay. No fall no, damage. Damn it. Okay, okay. Ari is our legends in review. We have to be. We have to re-record. We have to re-record last week's episode, which you know I don't remember. So yeah. we're just gonna take the yeah. time to summarize the events that happened in the last episode. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna have to take the time to summarize the events first. I'll summarize. Right, is this our bit? Yeah, I guess this is our bit now. All right. Those, as, as, I, I, can, we, can't, we can't really call this a bit. As, so our as, bit is you can tell me anything about this episode. And at this point, I'm going to have to believe you because I literally don't know what fucking happened. Um, I mean, as as I um, as with last episode, you are once again playing Dragon Age Origins, a game you hate so it, goddamn it's much. Inquisition, not Origins. I don't hate Origins. Well, Origins has its problems. Yes, Tim? Are you recording it? Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> so so origins is not nearly as bad as Inquisition, although you can't romance Morgan if you're a woman, which I do think is lesbophobic. Um, the fucking the, they 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 hate what? me personally, want me to die, which I also think is really rich, given that I've never romanced anyone who is an Alistair. But it's like I want to know the options there for me. Yeah, I mean, but a- <laughs> the idea. I, I had a point with this, right? Yeah, so my, my thing is, is now I actually it does kind of help me think and does help me focus my thoughts. I noticed I was speaking a little more clearly last yeah. episode, which I appreciated. And also, I guess this is now just turned into the backdoor for my uh, Twitch stream, which is just going to be me mumbling inconsequential bullshit over games that came out seven years ago. I hope so. I hope you're all excited. The kids summer are going to love it. Oh, speaking of speaking of summer series, summer we are slam. we are seeing Detective Pikachu. I'm so excited! Um, Friday. I don't know if we're have any because Ari's littlest brother is having his communion, communion that's like serious business on Sunday so we're probably not going to be able to record for Detective Pikachu as quickly as I wanted to because I mean, Legends, we can do it as soon as we get home I mean here oh well actually we could but here's the thing so Legends um the upcoming episode is the 14th yeah this is the review of the 13th episode of the fourth season um and then we have okay so we have this week so we have after this week only two more weeks of episodes wow and then we're free for the summer. Wow. I so, didn't realize how fast it was going. Yeah, Legends Legends goes by fast. It does. Time flies when you're making a deal with a demon to build a theme park for your large adult son. Oh, right. Now, that part, that part was not mentioned as much in this episode. So the opening bit we had 
was I told you that my friend uh, messaged me and was like, wow, it's so awkward that Steve has to babysit his future husband because... Oh, yeah. right, because I just made incoherent noises of anger for a couple, couple and then, minutes. And then he said something like, who's going to be laughing when they put Teen Tony in the MCU? And that's true. Um, I'm, I'm waiting. You know it's going to happen. And, you know, if it, it, it's not going to outright be Teen Tony from the future, it's going to be like his daughter is going to basically just be the Teen Tony stand-in. It's I like mean, they can't... already said Peter's kind of... Did you know Tony gave Peter's spider suit, like, a, a kill option? Like a, like a death... And I'm like... <laughs> Jeff, I'm like, right? I'm like, I'm really glad it doesn't have a self-destruct at least i think people are being a little coin operated self-destruct not people, one of my better and, ideas and i'm honestly glad that we're kind of re-recording this because we said a lot of stuff about endgame where i'm like you know what this is not what this podcast is about i think no. we're laying it on a little topically i'm not i'm not 17 anymore i don't have the emotional energy to get about and i will and you know i'm angry i got <laughs> the emotional energy to talk about <laughs> the emotional labor of having to explain why it's important that i care about tony stark and why a lot of people are very wrong about him him and have been wrong about him for the better part of a decade and longer in common continuity because they don't understand his character traits is like at this point i just i, I almost i almost just like not even went just started just started talking to my dad about this over ramen last night it was very good ramen i love it that was, place and, and 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 the food was quite good and, so good and my next and my upcoming web series is actually going to be me um berating my dad across various restaurants that serve asian cuisine so like one week we're gonna do you know like bangladeshi and then one week and you know there's so many different kinds and different specialization and it's just and i'm gonna and i'm gonna belittle my dad in every single location happy father's day we're going across we're going across the nation with me belittling my dad it's like diners drive-ins and dives it's it's like diners diners dot dot there diners dads and dysfunction there you go you're welcome okay tm 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 i see one of you little shits take that i swear to god i'm coming to your house um, yeah, because it was just my dad, like, had dropped his credit card, and it was under the table, and I had to get it, and then he forgot his sweatshirt. And so I'm just standing there as he's at the counter just going, can you do anything right? No. Can you do anything right? <laughs> well, everyone in the restaurant is like, wow, that's kind of a harsh way to treat your dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. You know what? Maybe, maybe. Maybe it is, but. They don't have to live with him. Actually, neither do I. I live on, I live with my husband, but. My dad did come you in. You didn't and, have to live with him. My dad did come into my apartment yesterday and just immediately start going through all the food in my kitchen <laughs> and was, critiquing your interior design. And then critiquing my. And throwing. I think he threw a towel over Richard's tank. No, I threw the towel over because we left the windows open by accident. Oh. I wanted to make sure he was warm enough. He's fine. His heating pad was on, but I just get worried. I, I just thought that was something that you. I'm like, that seems like something your dad would do because I, I don't mean, think it does. It snakes. does. It does, and it doesn't make any. Well, wait until he sees what happens when I get a tarantula. Oh, wait till Tim sees what happens when you get a tarantula. Tim has his Tim has his headphones in, so he can't tell. So he can't hear me when I say we have already gotten the tarantula. The tarantula is here. <laughs> oh, now he's flipping us the bird. Okay, very nice, Tim. Very adult. Okay, let's go to the episode. Didn't I have a really good? Wasn't I going to name the tarantula like Shirley Temple or something because it has little pink tap shoes? So yeah, because we saw the little pink, the pink foot tarantula or pink paws. 
Um, paws I just really I just want to mention that every day I don't have a tarantula's active oppression. But they are they're very delicate, so it's one of those things. Where yeah, like, I realized you couldn't like take it out and hang out with it. No, you just sort of put them in a in a, in a glass box. I am and not. Look at them I am not a Maya Jouet and her two favorite babies, her pet tarantulas, tangerine and sugar plum, who are both still technically on the wave rider because she oh, couldn't take them with her. And Nate or Zari just sobbing, avoiding them, feeding uh-huh. them crickets. Like they don't want to go near them, but they also don't like they can't. They're, they're all we have. Yeah, they can't. They can't bear to disappoint her, even though she's not there anymore. Um, so this week's episode, as we mentioned, or last week's episode that we now have to re fucking do again and again, and is again. the thirteenth episode of the fourth season, and we titled it Leonard Snart's Romanticon Die In. Now I remember. Okay, I remember bits and pieces of this episode now. Um, so let me just sort of outline the basics of this episode for you. Nate and Zari go on an Indiana Jones date. Oh, right. That's what was really silly. That's like, eh, you know, they don't, it's not as strong as it could have been. Yeah. Um, we have some Ray and Mona. We have some Mona and Nora. We have a decent amount of Ray and Nora. Ray sells his soul to a demon for Nate, which is totally just Oof. a thing dudes do. Just guys Bella being dudes. is a gay if. Just guys being dudes. What's better than this? Um, Sarah and Ava are cute, like, time moms. Um, it's kind of an episode that, like, I very much enjoyed. It was very cute. And then it was also, like, when it needed to hit, it hit. Yeah. And when it was trying to be cute, sometimes it was a little silly or a little detached, but I think that's less important than it hitting when it needed to. Yeah. Now, when we did it last week, and I'd like to do- My boys! I'm what what happened to your boys? Oh, I'm so- on the, no, I'm on the frozen lake. I need to go see my sons. My horrible, you- my horrible little fat two pure babies. I don't think I've shown them to you, but I love them. They're incredibly gentle. And they, one of them came up and like did the cat headbutt thing to me once. And I was like, I would die for you. There he is. Very Aww. moving, very slowly, very slowly. Oh, Jesus, that's a demon. But yeah, see, he's incredibly stupid and can't walk right, and I love oh, him. Oh, no, you must protect. I know. Must protect. So <laughs> but, um, so... I, I would die for that fat little creature, especially exactly because it looks like a hippopotamus where it's all cute and stuff, but it's not a hippopotamus. It's also it a is, non-aggressive species. Where so. it is the deadliest animal on the planet. Yeah, no, hippopotami have, like, the most, like, in terms of animals every that time, cause the most damage to humans, it's absolutely Every time I see Fiona the hippo, I'm like, look at her. She's, she's getting already like, hungry for blood. Already hungry for blood. You all think they, she's cute, and she is. And that's the thing. So she's people cute. are careful. She's cute. She is cute, she and she you. is very fat, but she is a murder machine. She will kill you. And she you. will kill you without hesitation. They are so dangerous, and they're super territorial, and people don't take them seriously, so they just blunder in their fucking territory, and it's like, this is how you die. Listen, even Steve Irwin was like, let's try to get through, like, I think there's... Yeah, there's so they, a- were, was, they were about to cross a river and yeah. that was, like, hippo tur- turf, and he was like, fuck, this is a fucking nightmare. And, like, this is a guy who yeah. just, like, used to just, like, let people throw wasps at his face for fun. So, like, if Steve Irwin takes hippos seriously, you probably should, too. Yeah, exactly. That has been your conservation lesson from me getting angry in this week's episode of Game of Thrones that I haven't even watched, but I got really mad about dragon-related stuff. Yeah. That has nothing to do with spoilers. I just got really mad with how the narrative treats dragons in general as, like, an ecology and conservation issue where I'm like, there's, like, two of these left. And they're, like, apex predators that, like, we should really be studying. Has anyone written a book on these? Are we talking about it? Like, I don't think they have science. No. They, no. But not even, like, a little bit. Nobody's like, hey, we should probably try to preserve these so, like, future, and whatever. Game of no, Thrones is done. No, this is not, but this is not, this is not a Game the of Dragon podcast. Prince. This is not the Dragon Prince, which we need to catch which up on. Which we still need on to catch up on. Oh, boy. So, we, I said we would save Ray for sort of the end of the episode. Yes. And we would do Nate and Zarya and all the cute stuff in the middle. And what we, I wanted to open with, as I will now, was the most important event in cinematic history. 
you know, we all sort of thought, okay, I'm actually glad we're redoing this because now I can sort of bring up some stuff that was like rumored. Like people were convinced, um, and some of these people I consider very dear to my heart. And so like, I, that's why I took stock in this because I was like, oh, I really hope they don't do that. Is that one of the rumors was that Mick was going to ask John to turn him into a woman? Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't so even realize people were to be that. Rebecca Silver, and it's because we saw in the trailer um, John and Mick doing some kind of magic, and now we know it was John putting Nate's dad and his daddy. The the only kind of magic John actually knows yeah. is daddy related. That's that's why he keeps messing up at all these things because he only knows daddy related magic. Daddy craft. As why didn't you study it? any what? other schools of magic, you fucking idiot, <laughs> you a, useless son of a bitch? You are so dumb and bad at everything. Okay, and so, um, what happened instead? And like, listen, let me tell you something. When somebody came into my ask box when the episode, um, when the photos for this episode were um distributed online, they were like, "I bet Charlie is dressing up like Rebecca Silver." And I have, since that encounter, my life has never known peace. And I just want to talk about how I was so excited going into this with the idea of Charlie being Rebecca Silver. And it exceeded my wildest dream. Yeah, no, because we wanted, was, we wanted this plot line for a while. Like the idea of Mick having to pretend to pose as Rebecca Silver, keep up the facade of yeah. Rebecca Silver. And they really did it the best way I think they could have. And it was just so fantastic. Well, what I loved about it, like there were a lot of things I loved. Like first and foremost... Um, writer and friend Sarah Galeb pointed out last season when Zari read Mick's manuscript, she's like, all his books are about Amaya. That's why Zari thinks they're a masterpiece. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I'm kind of sad Amaya wasn't there to do this, but I'm also glad for Mick that she wasn't. Yeah. Because no. Charlie has never bothered to read Mick's books, where you know Amaya definitely did. And has, has her own thoughts. And is like, wow, it's so erotic. It's so powerful. And, and Mick is like, you know what? I've actually decided to quit writing. I've eaten my typewriter. I've decided to... I've um, decided to forget how to read. <laughs> I'm going off into the woods, everybody. <laughs> it's been real. It's been real, y'all, but I gotta go. It just, I mean, there were so many good things yeah. about it. Like, the fact that Charlie sort of comes to him and is like, uh, well, no, the fact that Ray knocks it over and he's got a lot of fan mail. Which is also one of those things where someone was like, how does he get fan mail exactly? I mean, he probably has, maybe he has a P.O. box. That I guess he must visit, but I'm also like, well, I mean, like. if they were all at the Bureau, he probably has a P.O. box. At the Bureau, but yeah, I mean, also, again, the MS23K mantra is always in play, especially with shit like that. But at the same what time. What is that mantra? Um, the specifics are basically, you, you should try and tell it. You should tell yourself it's just a show. I should really just relax. It's in the opening. I just had to get the words right. But yeah. Oh. So basically the, you know, it's sometimes like there are certain times where it's like, no, this is a major plot hole and should be addressed. And there are times where it's just like, this is just very silly. And then someone suggests with like Gideon prints them out for him. Gideon is probably his publisher, honestly. Yeah. Especially because I'm like, right. I would assume that a lot of email, a lot of fan mail in these days would be like emailed or anything like that. Yeah, so Gideon so just... might just print it out because Mike doesn't know how to use the internet. I mean, he clearly doesn't because he was using a typewriter, or he did use the internet once and found a forum of people that were really thirsty for him. And he's like, and he just threw his computer out. He just threw the whole thing out. The whole goddamn thing. And that was a very nice computer. You know Ray bought it for him. (laughs) You know Ray made it. Oh, God. Ray was just like, oh... Okay. I guess I'll guess I'll die. I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm as worthless to you as a computer. What? 
And Mick's like, and no, you started crying. God and fucking like, son of a bitch. Someone else do this. I'm literally begging anyone else to make this their problem, please. I so will pay you. Charlie is like, hey, look, we can do this for $20,000. And he goes, Rebecca doesn't do cons. And Charlie kind of tries to pressure him. So he sort of snaps at her. And she goes right, like, snaps right back at him. Uh-huh. Which is one of my, like, because that was not what his relationship with Amaya was. Like, no. he would never raise his voice to Amaya. No, never. But with Charlie, he's, it's, she's kind of like his Len replacement. He's very much like we understand each other in a yeah. way. That nobody else really understands us. Yes. And he also feels okay giving her a heart. Because, like, when he's, like, when he, when he says, like, snarky stuff to Ray, he can say that. He, he never knows, yells at he him. He never yells at him because he knows Ray will take it personally. But also, like, Ray will, like, Ray, Ray's, like, easier to, like, he's easier and better at playing it off as a joke. Yep. And he's not going to raise his voice to Nate because Nate's just going to start crying. And he can't raise his voice to Zari because she won't take the bait and she won't get mad at him back. And, and Sarah is kind of his, and like he really respects Sarah as a captain. Like he and Sarah do raise their voices, but when they raise their voices, it's people trying to make very serious decisions. Yes, it's not like bickering. Um, and I also get now that I'm like, right, because they haven't also haven't interacted a lot recently. Their plot lines. Just no, they haven't. Over. I think we're probably going to see them interact more next episode, which will be fun. But um, so he can sort of have an argument with Charlie in a way that he doesn't really get to have with any of the other members of the team for various reasons. Well, because she immediately goes, hey, you know what? It's easy money. We're going to do it. Yeah. And, and, like, and I almost feel like there is a piece of him that misses hearing that exact turn of phrase. Like, yep. it's easy money. We're, we're going to do, do it. it. Yeah. Like, it's like home. Yep. And he's like, okay, fine. Like, he he's actually... because. And this is one of my favorite things is that, like, I was so excited because we never see Mick really get into, like, shenanigan shenanigans. No, it's been a while. Like, unless it is with Maisie specifically. Yes. So, like, the most, the shenanigans I can think of specifically are, like... The pirate. The pirate episode. um, The Chicago Way, which was not even him doing shenanigans so much as Amaya definitely made it into shenanigans. Yes. And and then his dead husband was there just shrieking. Just tearing himself The entire time. He was is, so mad. Is this what my death means to you? Is this? Is this? And that was recent. That was like fresh. Like that was like that was the fin- that was the mid series finale of season two. So like he'd only been dead for like eight episodes. So he's not happy about this. <laughs> How sharp is a serpent's tooth? Then <laughs> <laughs> a thankless husband. That's not the line. How would you know? <laughs> you can't even read. How would you oh, know? He's doing hurtful things now. Fine. How would you know? You took a vow of not reading. <laughs> <laughs> very very religious dedication. And so now we finally get to sort of see the very good chemistry that Dominic and Maisie have, because even though it's not Amaya and it is Charlie, um, the chemistry is different, but the two of them have sort of such an undeniable, amazing way of being on Back screen forth, together, yeah. where I'm like, oh, <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, no, and it was really I good. immediately, as soon as that episode finished, him putting the glasses on her, because let me just say, let me just say that, like, I did expect, I thought Mona was going to be dressing her up. Yeah. Which I thought would be cute. She picked the outfit herself. That's also fine. She looked a lot like Mel B, like the sporty Spice vibe, where I'm like, did Mona get her into the Spice Girls recently? Yeah. Sounds like something that would have happened. 
And then he takes the glasses off of her, and you can't see it, but I'm literally, like, pulling my know, hair back like, as we speak. Like, stress braiding. I'm, like, stress, I'm, like, stress smoothing my hair with my fingers. I feel this emotional. Oh, my God. I just don't he, have hands free. He, like, he, like, takes the glasses off of her, and he puts them on her, and she just, just like, she's very charmed by it, yes. very happy to do it. Where I'm like, this is it. This is how I die. This is this is it for me, everybody. I'm just gonna lay down right here. This is it's like one of those moments where I'm like, you know what? A lot of other things could have happened in this episode that weren't good. Which actually, this episode was quite good. I'm just talking in hypotheticals. Yes. And it's one of those things. It's like when uh, Leo Snart from Earth X called Ray your Ray when he said your Ray to Mick. It's one of those things where I'm like, this is it. This is all I need to stay sustained. Uh-huh. I don't really give a shit. I sent it to all of my friends that share similar ship interests to me. Oh, it's a very polite way of putting it. Yeah. And they and they were all just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Because like, cause that's how you know it's good. They were literally, and like one of, one of them literally was just like, have they not fucked yet? No. And I'm like, you know, I know there is an article online. Where Dominic probably did say, like, I'm not super comfortable with the age gap. Why do all these young women keep trying to have sex with And I'm like, first of all, bold of you to be an age gap icon in real life and not on the show. Second, do understand what the production of The dynamic of, yeah. I do understand who your producers were, so that's actually fair for you to take the knee that way and to put it on yourself. Um, But three... I've never, I'll never know peace. I'll never know love. I'll Following never. Following day, snakes manifested in your house physically. I mean, and it's just one of those things where, like, it's very clear that Phil and the people that were writing this episode were super aware of all the great, like, chemistry they have. Yep. And they never, and that's the thing about Mick and Amaya, now Mick and Charlie, is it's never non-romantic. Yeah. It's just also not... It's not consummated. Yeah. And listen, television empires have been built on the chemistry between two mains who are very clearly feeling things, but not acting on them. And that's, like, that's what they're doing. And, like, that's part of the power of the show is... And this is unfortunate because I think that more shows should try to have, like, well-written stuff after characters consummate. But the reality of the situation is is that the will they or won't they tension is the 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 oil that keeps this machine going. Legend's willingness to really sort of make sure that everybody has good tight bonds. Yes. Is like and not and never not being like this is definitely not romantic in any way. Yep. For anyone. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, is the not- huge like there's a will they won't they for every single couple on this show. Even couples we know Dan Didio is sitting there like, don't you fucking do it, Phil, don't, don't you, you do, do it. it. Don't you fucking do it. And I appreciate that. Because, yeah, it is, it's a very equal opportunity tension, which is nice. And also, there was a really nice line that I didn't get until I rewatched where um, Charlie calls Garima like a princess or something. And Mick takes her, and when he turns her around, he goes, and Garima's not a princess, she's a warrior. Where I was like, one, you're talking about Amaya. How fucking dare you? Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. And two... This was such a good, I mean, like, yeah, it is very B-plot, and I understand, like, that they probably could not have done an entire episode of this, because, like, throwing more of the team in might have made it a little more complicated. Yeah. They kept it very tight with Charlie and Mick. Adding Mona was absolutely, like, the perfect little twist it needed. Yeah. But it was such a good and healthy thing 
for everybody that was involved in this storyline. Yeah. Because for Mick to... Well, first of all, Phil, like, you think I don't notice that you essentially had Mick, quote, come out of the closet, unquote? You think I didn't know? You think we wouldn't notice? Did you think, <laughs> did, you think, think st- did she think we were stupid? Did she think we wouldn't know? But it is the sort of thing where, yeah, you saying that, I'm like, right. I think for me it's because I'm like, I didn't even think of it that way because I was like, um, the important, the important, because like Nick was almost sort of the way for Mona to get to express her feelings about like yeah. romance and love that have been really important to her for the past, like for a while. And that was sort of one of the big key points of the thing to me. And also like, it was a very good way for Mick to, because we saw him yeah. get in. We, we got introduced to the concept of him writing romance novels during Here I Go Again. Um, and that has been sort of a low back burner thing that he's always kind of doing. And it's never been played as like a mean spirited thing. And it's never been done in a way like mind for comedy in a way that might be like really homophobic or stupid or just not very funny. Or just toxic masculinity ruins the party again kind of shit. Yeah. So I appreciated that they've kept it consistently like funny in a way that isn't just God, this is awful. Um, that being said, this is actually a really good example of how to write kind comedy or has been. Yeah. I always like to say how, cause you know, I, I don't trust like that. No. I just don't. And you never know how they'll disappoint you next. It's like having children. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I, that I, is fair. I don't have any children. I wouldn't know. Um, it's one of those things where like for Mona to show up and sort of, almost like werewolf out because she's so upset and i think at first i think she does see mick and she thinks that they're doing the con together yes she's like how could mick and charlie people who you know charlie is one who's like it's so cool that you're wolfy and mick is like someone that she looks up to a lot and she's like how could these two people who are my best friends Uh two out of eight or whatever do this to me to me personally because yeah she does take it personally and so for Mick to sort of be like, listen, I'm Rebecca Silver, I feel like he was actually also kind of doing it because Mona is someone he cares about a lot. Yeah. And seeing how it sort of changed her entire outlook and like brightened her entire thing. And then for her to completely go like, you are absolutely Rebecca Silver. I've known all along. I could feel it in my soul. It's so good. And sort of get the entire audience on his side. Like the fact that she immediately goes to bat for him. That's when Leonard Snark descended from the ceiling. He had to go see, and you're wondering why didn't he show up earlier? If they did this plot the whole episode, he had to go get chains like in like, um, uh, like Jacob Marley. Yes. He, he had to go get the chains and he had to go. He had to go do the whole thing. Yeah, the, the shroud. He had to and Mick is like, first of all, you're fucking Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Len is like, first of all, a pastiche is a pastiche. So let's not this is a bit. Okay, I don't criticize your bit. Yes, you do constantly. That's beside the point. <laughs> that Mona was two seconds from getting that entire theater of women horny for Mick. Horny explicitly for Mick. Like, the second they realize he's Rebecca Silver and he's been writing these tender erotic things. They're like, this just, is it. This is daddy. This is, this oh it, is, it is horny kindling for a fire that could take us all out. <laughs> they were, like, two, she was two seconds from getting that auditorium to chant daddy. And if that did not make Leonard Smart claw his way from the gates of hell, <laughs> up through the floor, like, 
<laughs> like, oh my, this is pointing at Charlie. This is somehow your fault. That's not even Amaya. What? Ah! <laughs> right, because Len wouldn't know because Len has not been brought up to speed on the whole Charlie thing. So yeah, he's not happy about it. What? There's another one? Oh, there was a first one? <laughs> just, so, just so upset. But I do want to mention that you're right. Mick being a writer was never, it was played for laughs in like a very fun, genuine way where his embarrassment is what was funny about it. Yes, but it was never the embarrassment of, oh, I don't want to, it was more that it was, and this was another thing I appreciated. He was never embarrassed because he thought that it would make him kind of gay or whatever. He was more embarrassed because it was suddenly that kind of thing where he had to abruptly show that he cared very much about something. They made it not about Mick's masculinity, but how much Mick cares yep. about stuff and how emotional he is and how he doesn't want people to know how emotional he is, but he does secretly care very deeply. And that's what makes it good rather than just kind of embarrassing for everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. When he's like, you know what? It's exactly why I sit behind my typewriter. Because, like, I do care. Mm-hmm. And that was another... And, like, I mean, like, that was... At that point... And this was an interesting thing for them to do because we have talked about how they handle... Um, talking about fan bases and fan lore and stuff like yeah. that. I really appreciated this 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 approach to it because it was very kind and very understanding and emphasized that, yeah, this is all about connection. And yeah. at that point, it was less about the romance novels and more about fandom. And I really liked yeah, that. It they was were, a nice way of handling the it. The Romanticon, like, you have people... Cos- I saw a couple of like, Garima cosplay really at Romance. Like, like it's, I, there are romance novel cons, but they're mostly, like, they're almost more like like publisher me like it's like everyone you know everyone's there to show you their newest book but it's not there's no people there's no like tape there's no artists alley there's no cosplay it's not that kind of con which isn't a bad thing but it it means that they were clearly trying to make it like a fandom sort of thing and trying to make a fandom commentary and it was so not mean-spirited and nice and it does remind me of another cw show because i don't remember much about supernatural but I know somebody was like writing like books based vaguely off their exploits or yeah, whatever. And they hated it and they so hated it, much. And they hated that people were writing about it. And they thought it was, and not even just that, which would be one thing of like, oh, you guys are getting the details wrong. And like, that's something it would be. There's a comedy, specific scene. But they hate the women who like their show yep. so much. Yeah. It, it, there's one of the scenes, actually, if you want to talk about Supernatural, I think this was for their 200th or oh something, where they're putting on like a theater production of the books. And the girl, like, and Dean says something about Destiel, and the girl says, well, you can't sell subtext without S-E-X. And Dean just looks at the camera, and you're like, oh, okay, so you hate the people that made you famous. Basically. That is awfully bold of you, given that I don't think any, oh, what were you watching this show for, the plot? Like, it's one of those things where, like, I was like, were you expecting Supernatural to have male fans? I mean, I, they must have. I mean, and, like, and that's the thing is, like, you know, Mona has been getting, and, like, Ramona saw, like, hate online for Mona and for, you know, because people can't separate actor and character. And, also and honestly, people are racist. People are racist, they're sexist, they're stupid. It happened with Kelly Marie Tran recently, too, where, like, Rose was also, like, this really wonderful, nice and empathetic, and, oh, Jesus, that's a yeah. bear. Um, and this wonderful, great character who I will always go to bat for, even though I'm not big on Star Wars. And, like, yeah, they were really racist towards her because it didn't even matter and, about and, her character. And they it's mainly to be an Asian and, woman. And, I mean, mainly the bottom line is that Redditors don't deserve rights. No. But, like, Mona is so delightful and seeing Mick do something for her. Yeah. And he knowing that, I don't think he would have given up the... Yeah. Like, I mean, one, he wouldn't have had to because Mona wouldn't have been there to call him out on it. But it's like he gave it up for Mona specifically. He could have played it off in another way. He could have done something else to yeah. solve a situation. But he decided to be like, no, I'm Rebecca Silver. 
because he wanted to prove to Mona that there was meaning in his books and that she wasn't stupid for liking them. That, and you and know, that's, that's really exactly good. it, because a lot of time, the fact that, like, Mick has never thought Mona was stupid or naive for liking his books, because he puts a lot of heart into it, too. And he is the least likely character you would expect to do that, and that is why it is so, so powerful good. and important. And, like, yeah, I know Charlie has a couple lines where she's, like, making fun of these people, but that's just because that's you're just supposed also- to get, like, oh, so Charlie's being the asshole here. Yeah. Like, if Mick's not going to be, we have to we have, have someone, someone who's pointing out how silly this is. And it's okay that the things are silly, but yeah. it doesn't mean that, like, the, the thing can be silly, but you're not silly for yeah, liking Yeah, because it. even when the whole audience is cheering for him, Charlie looks, like, really proud of him. Like, it was a very... And then they all come back from the con together, and they're all, like, really happy. Yeah. Where, no, they loved it. Where, like, they clearly had a good time afterwards. Where it's, like, this was a really great thing for the three of them. And I also just want to mention about Mona that Mona is the one who was taking care of Nora when we That's didn't the see her. Shit I've it ever is seen. literally, it is literally the gayest, so the good. best, the gayest, the best and gayest. Like she's there reading more. That she's there reading Nora. Fucking erotic book. Yeah, like that, By that'll the get way. Her, that'll wake her up. But it was, By the way, and one last thing I want to comment though yeah. on the romantic con before we move away from it is yeah. um. And of course, now that I've said that, I've completely forgotten what I want to make a commentary on. Well, hold at on. least you're not fighting a bear. No, but hold on. Oh, God damn it. What did I want to say? Right. Oh, but this is the super autistic thing of Mick. Um, you know, the way that Mick handles his emotions. I've talked before on the podcast, not in a while, actually, about how I find Mick super autistic. And part of that is, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the big ones is how he processes, processes his emotions, how he handles them, how he talks about them with to others and around others and how he treats them and how he handles his emotional outbursts or lack thereof. And the interesting thing about it in regards to his romance novel career is that, yeah, he cares very deeply about this, this thing and these connections and this romantic content and cares about the characters and the meaning behind all of it. And I think part of his conflict with how much he cares very deeply is that he doesn't process it necessarily like other people do. And so he feels bad that he's not processing it the same way. But this was a really good moment of him realizing that like other people could feel how he felt about something and could understand things the way that he understood them, because that can be something that's really exciting or liberating for autistic people when it's like, oh, someone else gets this the way I get this. I'm not like, I'm not wrong for feeling this way about a thing. And that's really nice. And that was one of the other big things I liked about Romanticons. I, I also, I mean, I want to mention that, like, Mona reading these books to Nora. First of all, the fact that they have a book club that Ava and Nora agreed to be in. And not even in, like, oh, wow, Mona's so dorky. She's so annoying. Ava's like, listen, I think it's cute that she, like, talks about it. And Nora and I, I mean, I don't know how involved Nora actually gets. She's Because we do see Nora, like, reading the book. When Gary yeah. Comes. Like, Nora very much likes these books. Yeah. Nora, I think, is actually enjoying herself. And Ava's there. And that's the thing is, Ava, I mean, number one, Ava Sharp is just the embodiment of be less desperate, desperate for, for female, female friends. friends. But Ava- she also, even though she's not actively participating, she's there with her friends. And it's clearly time she enjoys spending with them. She's yeah. not doing it out of, like, obligation or whatever. She just seems to really like being able to hang out with them in this context. And I like that too. That's, that's all it has to be. It's good stuff. No, it, it, it was very, and also I noticed that when they all drink rosé, Ava, they still fill, fill a glass for Nora. I know. Which is really, and then Ava does the little cheers for Nora because she can't, she's unconscious. Because she is currently unconscious. 
She's so fucking coming out also, right now. I just want to mention that, like, yeah, Mona is sort of the person Ray trusts to look after Nora when she's unconscious, which is so it so is, good. It's it's exactly what I wanted. I know there and there was such I, a good I will shift. say this, and this is no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. Yeah, exactly. I'm really I'm really trying not to be shady about this, but. Given that Ramona is sort of getting, you know, these nasty things online, so much so that there was, like, a lot of fans sort of posting positive things on Twitter just to sort of counterbalance it. Yep. Um, there's, and that is something you have to do yeah. in situations like this. You can't just I let mean, people say this shit. You can't let people shit. say this shit, but then you also have to remember that the people who are really sort of mean and nasty and who are the haters are very often the min- the minority, and they try to make up for that by being... By being as obnoxious as, as possible. As obnoxious as possible. And so... It's one of those things where it's just, you know, DC TV shows have casts that are not always necessarily great about when other cast members get hate. I don't, I think some of them, and this is also partial, I'm like, you, yeah. the, the, the studios should be, you yeah. know, teaching actors how to, if not actively involve themselves, but at least how to respond to it. Especially yeah. when it's like, you know, that like, I think we've seen a, this play out on the internet enough, yeah. but somebody's got to step in and go, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to be out there in the street, but you have to like say something and here's what you should say to yeah. show your support. Because yeah, this stuff happens often enough to non-white cast members of anything that or, I can understand white cast, cast members may be feeling like they don't want to say anything because they're not worried. If, they're worried if it's not going to be the right thing or whatever. But after a certain point, that stops yeah. being an excuse and you have to you have to figure out how the fuck to do this for god's sake or even and, and sometimes it's really it's just female cast members as yeah. well it's doesn't yeah sometimes and, it's just and here's members. the thing is like nick was actually getting a lot of hate as well for um zari and nate which is also like really nasty yeah and it was one of those things where like tala did sort of acknowledge a thread that was like hey you know it's not racist for zari to not be with charlie i'm saying this as a fellow brown person that's the the op that was, was the, the OP fellow was, brown yes. person i i am not and you know tala acknowledged that where i'm like i know you guys see this stuff yeah and i'm not saying that you have Which to be horrifying because it means you yeah. might see this podcast i'm not like saying that. you have to be online 24 7 no but i am I saying that people notice this 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 thing about DC TV casts sometimes, yeah. except oddly enough the Supergirl cast. Yeah, weird. Which is, I guess Which, they got one thing right now. Well, I'll say this also. I mean, this is the cast that also had that unfortunate moment at San Diego Comic Con. So I'm assuming Tyler leaves for one fucking day. Yeah, her husband's father died. I know. And you people, you people cannot get your shit together. Hard work, like Jesus Christ, just right in there. Like I'm literally dying. Like, just Kyler, like, nobody else in my immediate family better ever fucking die. Because I can't leave these people. I literally can't leave them alone for five seconds. I, it, I'm i also uh, assuming that specifically because of the Supergirl cast, because I think they, they probably did get that, 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 like, PR training I was talking about. Yeah. Because that is a thing that publicists and, like, press teams and, like, press, the press and social media teams will do because they have to. But, like, this show doesn't normally have the budget for that, but when they're, you know, given the casting... Well, I would assume Supergirl would also get it because Nia Nal is trans and played by a trans that's actress. What gonna, that's what I was going to bring up, is, like, yeah, because of Nia Nal, I think they probably had to get, like, because that's such a big problem right now with the people just being absolutely 
absolutely horrible to trans women online. Not that that's a new thing, but like, I think they probably did have to have someone pull them all aside and go, yeah, here's what you have to say. And here's how you have to handle this. Because yeah. I, I just don't, I, I mean, like, I'm going to be quite honest. If I was famous, I would never be online. No, never. And if you got a tweet from me, quote unquote, it would just be from the person I hired to do it. Yeah, no. I so, honestly, I think creators should not be on Twitter, especially like comic book creators. Um, if I say the name of the man on this podcast, I'm worried he will somehow find it because he's he's horrible like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them, but there's one specifically that's very infamous for being like that. And it's just like, you don't need that kind of fan engagement. I know we were just talking about fandom, but this is the difference between like fans talking to other fans about the things that they find important and sharing in that passion and creators coming in and being like, no, not like that. Or getting mad at like a 16 year old getting mad at them for not shipping sheath or whatever and like yeah is that stupid yes but do you need to have an opinion on it adult man in charge of a tv show no i mean i'm a legal adult and like do teens agree with me all the time i genuinely have I no idea not. because i don't seek it out because they are I don't teenagers, want to talk to teenagers and i have no interest in knowing what their no. interests are i don't want to go i listen like, like, I, and like no. being a teen it's great have have a fun time with is that it? No, it wasn't for me. That's what I thought. I have a fun time with that, but, like, I If you remember it, because you know I don't. I don't have any need to even argue. Even even if I know it's wrong, I don't, you know what? That's just sort of a right of teenagedom. Yeah. And, like, I got mad mad about something with you before, and I was like, I hate this. And I hated being mad about it, so I just had to walk away from it. Because I was like, this is incredibly stupid, and all of you were incredibly wrong about it. And I was like, I can't do this. It doesn't matter that much, and I don't have the emotional energy to be that mad about it. Oh, son of a bitch. God damn it. Fuck. What happened? Giant. Oh, God, a giant. It's fine. It's not fine. But, it's so, I but mean, continue. and so, sort of moving on from that, um, we did sort of have, I guess we can kind of combo Zarya and Nate, and Ray and Nate and all of that, because here's the thing. Zarya and Nate is very, very cute. Yeah. And it's very good, but I've never seen Indiana Jones, so all the references went directly yeah, I was, over my head. That was the other big problem, is I was like, I don't care about this as a reference. Ow. As, sorry, he hit me with a giant rock. So oh my god, I'm so sorry. He tried to kill me with a forklift. But, um, so, I don't care about Indiana Jones. I don't even, it's not one of those things I even know tangentially where I can say, well, this is fine. Like, I don't even know what the shit this is. Like, I've never seen, the only thing I know about it is the face-melting scene. Because like, I mean, that's a good I did, I did especially given the Mick and Zari Nope, Mick and Charlie stuff this episode. I did sort of try to consider a title that was like Harrison Ford and the Implication. Gosh. But I was like, first of all, you know that Nate is like weirdly hot for Harrison Ford in a way I don't want to discuss. Yeah. In a way that Harrison Ford himself does not not want us to bring up. No. Coward. And... Oh, I hate this. Why are there like six archers and a giant? You know, sometimes some day, some days, life really is like a hurricane. Some days you go through the rain. Some days you feed on a tree frog, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I mean, oh, right. The, you've never Metal Gear. Um, it's fine. But um, I thought you were going to say Homestuck. So honestly, this, <laughs> is a, this is a huge improvement for us. I think you would. Well, I don't know if you'd like Metal Gear or not. It's I. That's a Isn't good. Isn't Metal Gear the thing with Solid Snake? Yes. It's, it's, I really it's, don't know Solid Snake outside of camp. Smash. It's I, very, it's, it's, a, it's a video game I would consider high camp. Like, it is not a game that... But I don't see someone in Metal Gear cosplay at the Met Gala this year, which the... Which no, is I mean, like, camp. which is... I just disappeared. Well, oh, Halo Winter is not actually very good. No. At anything. No. But it's the sort of thing where it's like, yeah, it would almost... It would be a problem if these people were there, because it's very hard to steal from people's culture and the things they've created when you have them standing right next to you, 
clearly the people who invented it. I mean, we live close enough to the Met that I guess we could go throw some red paint. That's true. I mean, I could spend the night in jail, I guess. No. <laughs> no, man, you went, you went to Holden instead. There's a big difference. Please don't ever... The forbidden text! <laughs> That's fair. That's very fair. Holy shit, I just feel like Homeboy looks like Shark Week. <laughs> and here's the issue. Here's the issue. Is Kirishima, or whatever his name Kirishima. is? Kirishima. Also look like Shark Week. But like, what I, is it with anime boys and having the little sharp teeth? I don't know, but I think Who it's really the dentist. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that Kirishima's teeth are like that because of his quirk. Maybe, maybe. Is it his um, quirk fire? No, his quirk is hardening. <laughs> no, it's like his skin gets really hard and like no, but I mean, terrible. He's Luke Cage. I'm just, I'm just making the jokes that I'm sure Bakugo has made. Oh yeah, ten thousand no. times. Every time. Yes, I said Bakugo. I know the characters. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I too. Who are you trying to pull yourself the teeth that you don't talk to? There's okay, no, but here's, but here's, here's the thing: is that I did wear my Ochako shirt. Yes. For when I did the um, lectures for the teens. And then they were like, who's your favorite 1B classmate? And I was like, <laughs> I don't fucking know enough about, like, I enjoy. That's the nightmare. I enjoy, but I was You like, watched the couple of episodes yeah. I had online while you I, were. And I made a, I made a Tokudeku video for Daisuke with Well, because Tokudeku, yeah, that's a good from, show. And I, and I was literally like, oh, so they in love, love. They in love, love. And I was like, wow, the show actually looks kind of explosive and enjoyable. But I'm also it has not- its moments, but I don't like. It's one of those things where I think it's almost because I'm like, there's too many like teens into this now. Where yeah. I don't mean that because it's like I'm glad they're into it, but it's almost like I don't really want to get. Oh, in- I can't write fic for it. Yeah, I, I and it's also like I just I think it's because I I read so much fucking shonen, you guys. I think I've just hit a point where it's like, except for One Piece, which is very much my no children. Where it's like I'm I'm here I'm here till you die or this series ends. And honestly, with the way Oda's been overworking himself, I might see him die before this thing gets. What happened? What? Are we watching your husband love you? Yeah, it was really cute. Was, I love romantic banter so much, and then I get really. And that's the other big thing is like, and and to tie this back, in, we don't have to put that. But like, I I I love romance stuff, so I'm really glad that like Mick was like a romance novelist, and yes. it wasn't okay, just sci-fi. So we, we, I love romance. We, I'm literally there. I'm sitting on a Christine Fee handbook, and are these books kind of stupid? Yes. If a man ever talked to me in that like that in real life, why? Well, absolutely, just clock him in the fucking teeth absolutely I'm are they still wearing... fun to read i mean yeah god. usually remember, i mean they're very heteronormative in a way where i'm like god this remember is when i was reading that romance book that's set in the 13th century the but terrible well that's like but everybody genuinely. has pink no i mean i didn't get to read enough of it but it's like this princess and her husband is going to be this gruff older knight where i was like i should i should really pick this one back up because i uh, found it in the bedroom while i was cleaning oh so uh, because had... because uh I think, I think we've got, I think that's exactly my interest. Yes. But I mean, like, I mean, I literally wore out my copy of the Black Jewels trilogy until I had the big collected edition. And then my friend ran it over with her car. Wow. Um, well, because I gave it to them while they were on a, going on a trip to Florida. And this was years and years and years ago. And then they dropped the book. And then they didn't realize that they dropped the book as they were, like, leaving the house. And so then they're, they backed up over it. But it's a big enough book that they felt it. So they ran over the book. And, like, the last 10 pages had fallen out. So I just had to get a new one. So now my new one is in much better condition. But I still, really, just, I reread that every so often. I just really so love good. a book sturdy enough to survive getting run over with I mean, it, it's, it was literally, because it was all three of the books, it was like, yeah. it, it was at like six inches thick. So let's talk about romance, actually, because here's the thing, is did Nate and Zari hit the romance points this episode? 
Yes, in a cute way. Yeah. So there were a couple things that I noticed where I'm like, okay, here's actually where it's getting me. Number one is that everybody on Legends has always been so comfortable with each other that even if Zarya and Nate are trying to take their relationship sort of to the next level, that's not really something that is plausibly uncomfortable for them unless they explicitly start talking about Amaya. Yeah. So I feel, well, that's the thing is I think the uncomfortableness of like Amaya is in the room with them at this point. But not regardless. literally, because we not literally, so but they miss her so much that they can't help but like be thinking. Like I'm like that is, and I'm kind of sad. That, but I'm like the only reason that these two are in this relationship is 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 in at least in part because of how much they miss her. And like and like they are definitely growing from there. Yeah, but I think we need to. I mean, it's just very strange to me that they didn't even talk about it this episode. Yeah, especially because what they were doing is something that was like. Very Amaya. Very Amaya. We see Amaya and Ray like fight Nazis and get tied to a chair in the second episode of the second season. Like that's sort of how we meet her. And yeah, sure, maybe she's fifteen in nineteen thirty-three, but it's just it's just Nate and Zari, just like me, Zari, and our wife is a teenager. <laughs> our teenage boys, but not like literally teenager. You 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 know you get me, <laughs> Len. Oh really? Do I? <laughs> Could you? Go- how the? F- must you? <laughs> and it's one of those things where they did have, they were cute. But when it came time to do, like, romance, they kind of fell a little short yeah. of what happened. Which is, I mean, first of all, the fact that Ray, Mona keeps reading Nora, like, sexy books. And Ray keeps bringing so Nora flowers. And he's like, because I want your life to be beautiful from now on. And I'm definitely not going to do anything. I hate it. That would jeopardize that future for any of us. Anyway, gotta go. Gotta go. Um, Bye. On an unrelated note, I gotta walk out the door right now. And it's one of those things also where I'm not sure if Nora was sort of in a like half sleep where she was conscious enough to know that Ray was possessed by Neuron because he was trying to kill her, or if she felt it when I assume she, she felt got it by virtue's magic. Yeah. And I just I felt so. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, they have a very cute date, and Nate's like, you know, sorry our date got ruined by Nazis, which was very cute. And for Zari to say, who says it's ruined? Also very cute. Yes. But then for him to go... It felt sarcastic. Like I said in the last... I was like, it was, are you fucking kidding me right now? And, like, like, you can't have... And, I mean, the the other good thing about re-recording this is I'm not as annoyed about it as I was before, which is probably for the best. But it is still something where I'm like, it is awfully fucking bold of you to have Ray literally give up his body and soul for Nate, putting everyone at immense risk yep. to keep him safe. And then be like, anyway, Nate and Zara are going to have a really cute heart to heart. And it's like, I don't care. I literally, I, I mean, I read the room. Like, this, read like, the like room. I'm very happy for them. Good for, but they couldn't have waited a week. Yeah. Like this is the sort of thing where I'm like, if this had even happened last episode, I might've thought it was, um, or next episode, I might've thought it was like cute and endearing and whatever, but it's like, you can't, you gotta, it just felt sarcastic. It's, Stop it. It's one of those things where I, I made this joke and I, I love it so much that I'm going to do it again. Valid. Is that the episode of Archer where they're trapped on someone's island and they like shoot a tiger in front of them and Archer is like fucking a, like distraught about it. <laughs> and so he's like still really emotionally focused on that. And like Lana is trying to have a conversation with him. And he, of course, is an idiot. So he's like, Lana, I can't believe you're trying to have sex with me at a time like this. And then he goes, well, okay, you can touch yourself and I'll watch. But my thoughts are going to be with that tiger's family. 
And like that was Nathan's sorry making out where he was like, hey, listen, I'm we can definitely I'm this is but my thoughts are gonna be with Ray. <laughs> where it's obviously one of those things that like just the way it was done. And also I noticed in 4B, the more I'm thinking about how it led up to this, they've been putting Steel Adam on pretty heavily. Like they told each other they loved each other at Nate's dad's funeral. Yeah. And there was the forehead touch. And I do want to say that this is subtext and not queer baiting. Everyone, I think, is very aware of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And again, it's part of that Legends charm, which is that, like, everything is kind of an option because everybody loves each other. I am sort of reminded of that line that Len said to Mick when Mick is like, he took a beating for me. And Len, just already alight with jealousy, goes, Raymond would take a beating for a total stranger. Yep. And he would. But, but that's the point. The point is, when he took the beating for Mick, the point was that he took it for Mick. Just like with Nate, the point is that, and I would honestly posit that Neuron was lying. I honestly think that he, because John said the vessel has to be willing, otherwise the soul gets sent to purgatory. Never was it said like they had to kill someone you love. Yeah. I think Neuron was playing chicken and knew he was going to win. I think he would have killed Nate, and then Ray might have had the realization of like, oh, you're still not in control of me. Yeah. But Nate would be dead. But Neuron knew he would not take that risk. Wouldn't bother. And that's important. And we both really thought that it was going to be for Nora, which would also be completely valid. Yeah. But it was for Nate. Yep. And just the fact that he's like, just promise me you won't hurt him. Like, not even, and the fact that Legends has really sort of started making a thing of, like, they don't bother with, like, the no homo. They don't bother with the, like, toxic masculinity. Nope, they just let it happen. They just let it happen really was, like, oh, my God, they're doing it? Yeah, it, it was important. It mattered. There was, because it was done with absolute sincerity. And that is important. Um, and, like, you don't, and, and sort of the fact that Nate and Nora immediately have the same reaction is like, oh no, Ray. I mean, it's just it's just from Dusk Till Dawn where Ray is Amaru and Nora is well right now Nora's seeming more Richie and Nate's seeming more Seth, but we'll we'll see how it goes from yes. here. I mean, just if if one of them hurts Ray and Ray starts doing the like, no, actually please kill me, I can't control him. Yeah. Save yourself and kill me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go absolutely apeshit. Yeah. No. That's, that's I'm gonna fine. lose my fucking mind. I, and I just, and, and here's the thing, and here's the thing, and here's the key issue that we now get into. And that is that um, Brandon is a really hot villain. Yeah. Brandon is a hot villain, and I don't like it. I mean, I actually like it a lot. Brandon is a hot villain, but the problem with Brandon is when he plays a villain, I no longer feel the guilt associated with, like, Ray, where I'm like, this is basically just Superman 2. Yeah. Where I'm like, no, this is a dirty boy. This is a naughty, dirty boy. This is garbage boy stink fan, and he belongs in the trash. I, this is, this is my, this is my dirty boy. Listen, and, and Nate's chart of how fuckable is Neuron Ray, very controversial, but all scientific research is upon its debut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Paper I... It has not been peer-reviewed yet, but it I, will be I misunderstood in my time. Oh, boy. Um, it's... I mean, he just... And that's one of those things. We also were like, hey, do you think Brandon grew his hair out? Because he wanted to sort of make it very clear that Neuron Ray is not at all, like, the Superman archetype he usually plays. 
Yes. So he was trying to, like, not look like that. But it's and also, like, that would like, imply that this show had any sort of planning and forethought attached to it. And, then we're, and we know that it doesn't. And we were like, well, since Brandon is the only one who remembers what happens in the show, maybe he himself was planning it out. And <laughs> he was just, like, just it's hoping like, they'd go along with it. He was like, it. just don't worry, everybody. I, I'll do, I'll do the whole thing. Don't worry, I'll do it. Don't worry, I'll do it myself. The Brandon Rapp story. I mean, it's gonna be, and if I was him, I would actually be really excited about this because this is a really great, like, opposite sort of thing to do. Like, last season, Nora was this, and now you're this. They really do love their vessels. They really do love their vessels. And I'm very excited to see how much of, like, sort of Nora being Malice or Courtney playing it that way that Brandon decides to, like, adapt. Because that, to me, is so indicative of, like, such a deep affection and admiration for his wife where I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's so good. What is this Christian bullshit? No, yeah. <laughs> how dare you? Out of my house. <laughs> How dare, how dare you? I mean, oh my God, when he is looming over Nate and he makes that face and like they're lighting Nick in a way that he looks 25 years of age. It's so good. Where I'm like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh no, not this. Not a second time. Oh God, I can't do this again. Yeah, no. Was... I can't do this again. McRory voice. Why does the, it keeps happening? <laughs> it keeps happening. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. Oh, God. And it's one of those things where, like, does Nate even know that Ray did this for him? I mean, I'm sure Neuron at some point is going to taunt him about it, at which point... Here's the thing. Either Neuron's going to taunt Nora about it, or he's going to taunt Nate, or both, and he's going to be like, did you know he did this because he loves Nate? And then it's going to cut to the writer's room, and it's going to be like a camera at the end of their table. And they're all just going to be looking, like, clearly very bored. They're having, like, a conference call. Yeah. With the call thing in the middle of the table. And it's just Dan Diddy. And it just says, like, in the, like, brackets under, like, Dan Diddy on phone. Yeah. And it's just, how many times do I have to tell you people to fucking cut it with the... And then we go to commercial. <laughs> which is good. Which is good. Which is what we want. Um, I'm definitely not John... Not John Constantine and his gay, 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 gay jealousy. So fucking gay. And I'm so mad about it. I, I do love Brandon Routh may not even be endgame with his own wife because, yeah, John That's is the one... John did, get, John did get a comeback to me with Nora, which is kind of the DCTV romance line. I just... I'm but sorry. I'm also like, <laughs> what did with his own fucking wife. I kind of hope they go for it just because fuck it at this point, I mean, clearly. I mean, I, it's, it's one of those things where everybody has such great chemistry that like, yes, of course you and your wife have a lot of great chemistry, but you and your wife also have a lot of great chemistry with other actors. And if anything, you should be flattered. Yeah. You should be flattered and you should be proud of yourselves. Yeah. And now back to you. Um, back to you. And now back to Ari with sports. Um, um well, I mean, I think that, I, that was, that was a lot. That was all very good. Um, I think my big problem is, is like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I have an actual mental problem, like a mental illness in which my brain does not work right. So it's kind of hard for me to remember big details about stuff, especially if I only watched it once. But you said basically everything I would have wanted to say on the topic. Um, Although I am kind of grateful that, like, Nora isn't... I'm almost kind of glad it was Nate instead of Nora yeah. because I don't want Nora to turn into, like, the MacGuffin that everyone's trying to keep from danger. Yeah. Um, you know, I want her to have a different plot line in this than being, like, at risk from Neron. I hey, want... MacGuffin, that was in the episode. Oh, right, I forgot they used it. Um, yeah, and also they have a dragon egg, which is good because as... Well, number one, we can't afford a dragon. So we actually did come up with a genius idea that you guys just need to have a stuffed dragon and sometimes dub noises over it and be like, no, 
He just pretends to be a stuffed dragon. And then you can actually have dragon CGI for the mid-season finale and the season finale. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Totally fine. Because that is what they do with... Um, hold on, sorry, I'm looking at... That, that is what they do with... Um, like anime where it's yeah. like when you had like in Digimon Tamers when the Digimon were hanging out in the real world and Terrier Mom was always like it's fine just pretend I'm a stuffed animal nobody will know that's an established trope we could just have this be like a beanie baby um at, the, <laughs> at this point it's about what I'd expect from the show so I can't say we I cannot afford the licensed beanie baby no, we so cannot. it is like it's like the gas station knockoff oh god it's like the it's like it's just it's just someone it's like a hand-sewn toy well, um, that would be delightful that would be really delightful I shouldn't say that but like yeah but like not very well Let's be honest. But um, my other big thing as my brain skids to a halt was like, because you talked enough about John and Nora and Ray that was really good. I kind of want to talk about like the whole thing with Gary because it was like, remember how last episode we were like, oh my God, they're keeping up with the bit. And they like continued to do the bit with the theme park. And then they did and they kept doing yeah, it. And-, and then this was like, they've mentioned every so often, they've brought up the nipple thing like every so often. But this was like, okay, we're going to make this in a, we're going to, this is going to be plot relevant now. Really? I mean, they did bring it up enough times where you're like, technically, I guess it was fucking foreshadowing. And like, we weren't happy about it. Yeah. But it is. And that's on us, I guess, for not catching it. And and also I mentioned, I've never seen Full Metal Alchemist and you and Tim were like, how can you have never seen it? And I was like, seriously, how have you never seen Full Metal Alchemist? No, I, I just haven't. And I don't understand. And, I mean, I understand enough of the references. I mean, I, 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 I'm a person who lives in society. Yeah, but it's just so weird to me that he never... And then um, somebody said, was Gary's nipple supposed to look like Envy from FMA? And I was like, I don't know what that and means. And then I got really upset about it, yeah. I, I don't know what that means. If you know what that means, I'm sorry. It's probably the best. Um, and, and also, they spent so much goddamn money just animating that, that fucking nipple, nipple. Just crawling across. That's what we want to spend our budget on, that's huh? That's really where we're doing that's, now? That's... That's exactly okay. where that's where we want our money to go. You know it. We've we we're really confident about this we one. Really, we we put all of our hope into this goddamn nipple. And it was so upset. And that's the other thing, as you pointed out, it's like that wasn't a nipple. That was like his entire That was like you guys have made it sound like he has only lost the tip of his nipple. Like just the tip. Yeah, no. Which is not. which is what the nipple is. The nipple is just that little tip part. Yeah. It was not you that. made it sound like the unicorn sort of bit that one part off and then it actually seems like it took off a huge chunk of his pectoral which is like horrifying not that having your nipple bitten off isn't horrifying but you guys played it for way more laughs than it seems like it was actually yeah there was no guys this is not funny no that's that's immensely upsetting guys and of course jewish solidarity does dictate that um gary has to side with ray even if ray is currently possessed by a demon that's just kind of how it go. If Stein was there, he would also have to side with Ray. Yeah. And that's upsetting. And then he'd be like, no, Je- Jefferson, because because we are Firestorm, that means you are also now Jewish. So you got probably would do that, yeah. You gotta get in here. And Jax is like, but that's the... And he's like, solidarity, <laughs> And that's the, other big, that's the other big thing is like... Yeah, I've been thinking about how much I fucking miss them. Yes, well, number one, I miss them a lot. And two, um, my other big thing with this that makes it really confusing... Well, maybe not confusing, but I'm like, I feel like this is going to be fumbled really fast. Is because, like, we know that Gary's going to be fine yeah. by, like, the end of next episode. We saw him working with Nora, like, from set photos and stuff. So it's just like, so what was the point of this? Who does this they, help? I think they just want to give Adam a chance to sort of have some, like, fun and be cool. And, like, I guess I can, I guess I can get that. But it was a little, like, I was like, but we know... 
that he's not gonna like that he's gonna be fine. So like I'm just well, also I, I think it was also see. one of those things where they sort of needed to teach John a lesson that he needs to stop fucking people over. Well, that's the other, and I'm well, like, if this is something where Gary was maybe being influenced by like something negative and is yeah. able to be snapped out of it easier. And I would actually be fine with that if, if, like you said, it's a lesson that, like, John needs to stop being an asshole because that is important. God, how many times, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Seriously. But they, like, and the lesson has stuck with this show. Yeah. So that is a good thing. And it's like, like I've said before on the podcast, I appreciate how John is developing as a person and growing by virtue of being around these people and being on this team. So if this is what that leads to, I'm down for it. No, I'm very, I mean, yeah, I think. I think that making using Ray as the vessel for Neuron is a really, really good way to have make Ray be bad without having have, to have yeah, Ray have Ray be, be like bad without bad. a secret twist or or betraying his entire character. Yeah, because the reason he did it did it was purely good, and it was yeah. completely out of love. Yeah, like literally, and it's Ray's body, and they want to save Ray, but they're also aware that it's not Ray in there. Yeah, and that they, they don't know if they can save him and get Neuron out. And they are going to try, though. If we all smooch him at once. Hopefully that works. Something's gotta give. So next week, it's, um, well, Neuron, tell your disappointment to suck it. We're doing a bottle episode. Very exciting. Because the team needs to, I guess, figure out who's going to be the moral compass. They're going to have now to Now that Ray us. isn't there. And oof, it's Mona. It's, well, Mona, here's the thing, is Mona, Ava, and Nora are going to try to figure out whatever the hell Gary is doing at the Bureau. And also, Nora will be getting her um, ID, which means that they can all now go to the um, Taco Bell at the Pentagon together. Thank God. You know, Ava's like, huh, guess Sarah's doing a bottle episode. You guys want Taco Bell? Taco Bell. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And the Pentagon Taco Bell is the only Taco Bell with fries. Wait, really? No. Okay, because remember- You really believe it? Oh, well, no, because Taco Bell did fries. And they did the nacho fries. Marie and I tried them, and they were very disappointing. I'm sure they were, because it's Taco Bell. I mean, Bell. We, weren't expecting, we weren't expecting miracles. We got what we expected, but I'm glad, I'm glad I had the experience. Yes. I'm also just, I'm sorry, I'm in love with the idea, because I'm just more like the idea that they have secret good fries at the Taco Bell <laughs> Pentagon. <laughs> just Ava taking Nora there. What you're about to know, find out is the government's greatest kept secret. Aliens? No. No. Just good fries. Good fries at the top. We actually got them from the five five guys next door, but it's the principle of the thing. <laughs> they're really good. They're really, they're just very good fries, and we all enjoy it very much. I can't believe, and just Sarah, like, I can't believe we were snowed in for an entire episode, and you guys... But it's also such a fanfic kind of thing, like, not for nothing, but having them, oh, no, we're all snowed in, whatever shall we do? I How know... fucking Gideon gets snowed in? Was Gideon just like, no, we're all gonna stay here until you guys stopped, until you guys start talking about... I'm just imagining Rip coming back and being like, okay, so listen... Ray is possessed by a demon. And he's just, he's already bleeding from the eyes and mouth. But wait, was, there's I, and more. And then I was just thinking, I was like, no, if Rip was still around, it just would have been Rip getting possessed. Oof. And then I would have, wait. Which is great, because then he would have done it for Sarah, and then I would have had to flay I, my I don't want to be, my body. I don't want to be in this vessel anymore. It is very, it has no upper body strength. He's so sad. And, and the depression means I am tired all, all of the time. All the time. I don't think I, I literally do not have the emotional energy to do any villain stuff. No, I'm I just, have to just lay here and I'm cry. I'm just upset. I'm profoundly depressed. Sarah, like, yeah, okay, we get it. We all have mental illnesses that we deal with. Very funny. Haha, <laughs> topical. <laughs> what? What? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, that would be good. But, um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, like, overall, this was a really good episode, and it's, it's you know, I mean, the Nate and Zara stuff did feel a little sarcastic in light of, you know, all the all the world and the balance, and you sell your soul for one man kind of thing. Hisses, but, hisses yeah, like a cat. Yeah, but at the same time... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Still no, good. it still was still cute. good, so it was still nice, and it was still appreciated. Um, looking forward to next episode, in which... I would love to see, because, like, yeah, um, first off, if you don't make a bit about how Peter Thiel wants to use the blood of the young to uh, keep people immortal forever on this being, like, Neuron does a tech startup thing, I will be very disappointed. Oh, no, that's that's in two weeks from now. In two weeks from now, Neuron will be starting a tech startup. Yes. And we'll talk about that more next week. What, next week? It, they're, they're all getting snowed in. That's oh, that's the whole episode. I keep thinking those are happening in the same episode somehow. But yeah, that would that, be fucking hilarious. It would be really funny. But I, you, you know me, I don't keep track of stuff well. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm really concerned about this dragon and how bad this dragon is going to look because you know they're going to try to make it plot relevant and you know someone's going to make a Game of Thrones reference and I'm going to have to be like, there were dragons and other things before this. Holy shit, have none of you seen Dragonheart for fuck's I sake? I swear to God, if that's not line for line what Nate says, then you're, he's acting out of character and I won't, and I won't <laughs> respond to it. But it is, I mean, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm worried, I'm worried they're going to do a really ugly dragon design. Please don't fuck me on this, because you, you guys, you guys. You guys and your creature designs have not Have not, have not historically been good. I understand you don't have a lot of money, but please just get a stuffed animal. Like, I'm begging you. Just get someone in a fursuit. Just get a stuffed animal and fling it at Nick Vano. Just, just, yeah, just have, just like throw it in like the tribbles. But, um... <laughs> God, that would be so good! That would be so good. But yeah, I don't... How do you get snowed in if you're in time space? Have they... Have they I guess Gideon's core is cold. It's cold. I mean, it? I, was, I was... Well, I'm like, are they just gonna... Are they gonna have to stop somewhere for repairs and then, like, they can't get... Like, is it gonna literally be snowed in? I, I have no idea, actually. All I know is from set... Is from behind... Is from the preview photos is that they all decided to make copies of Len's jacket. <laughs> God damn it. Nick, we know you might be missing him. So we, so just... we decided to help you out by all of us putting together copies of his jacket. Are you, are you, are you cured yet? Does it, did this fix your depression? <laughs> does, this, does this help? Did we help? No. 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 If no. anything, it's actively worse now. So much worse. I'm going to go lay down and cry. I mean, I just love the idea that they are trapped on a spaceship and they have to talk about their feelings. And so, of course... Mick and Sarah are like, we've got to Can anyone shovel. We've we got to shovel our way out of here. <laughs> we got to, I got to, like, I could, yeah, Sarah's the sort of person, I'm like, you're going to play dead to get out of this, aren't you? We know, Sarah! <laughs> Sarah, God, wake up! You can't just stress sleep your way out of this, Jesus Christ. That's a lie, Sarah can stress sleep her way out of anything. That's true, it okay, is pretty useful. so if you are listening to this on SoundCloud, the next episode will be right after this one, so uh, get just, go, just go to that one. Bye! Very excited to see you again later. Bye!